Thank you again for listening to our podcast today. Thank you so much for your support. We worship on Sunday at 10 a.m. here at St. John's Lutheran Church in the heart of downtown Martinsburg, West Virginia. Know that you're always welcome to our table and to our worship. God bless. And we hope you enjoy today's message. I am not like most Christians. I rather enjoy feeling miserable in worship. I despise David Haas and Marty Haugen for their cheerful lyrics and happy melodies. I want those hymns written in the minor keys that leave you trembling after you're finished singing them. I want those German chorales when nobody knows how to sing them because they're, they're, the music is just completely foreign to us anymore. And when, you, and when you're done singing, you look around the congregation at each other and you're with that t- fear of terror in your eyes. Like, what did we just sing? That is what I love, and it's a wonder that you all have entrusted me with picking the hymns for worship. Put a lot of faith in my ability. Anyone remember the movie Sister Act from the 90s? I love that movie. There was one scene between when all the nuns were, were talking about the different convents, and uh, Whoopi Goldberg's character talked about how she came from a progressive convent, and... Uh, this older nun, Sister Mary Lazarus, who I just love that character, said, A progressive convent sounds awful. I like my convent in Vancouver, out in the woods. It wasn't all modern like some of these newfangled convents. We didn't have electricity. We had bare feet and cold water. They were nuns. Sister Mary Patrick says very sarcastically, Sounds wonderful. And Mary Lazarus replies, But it's hell on earth. And I loved it. This place is a Hilton. I am Sister Mary Lazarus. This is my favorite time of the year. I love Lent for its somber tone, for its reflective nature, for its mournful hymns, and for the way it makes me feel on the inside. And then there are others, like my mom, who I was just talking to about this the other day, who do not like this time of year. For she and many others... Do not like the somber tone that Lent provides. She does, they do not like the reflective nature of Lent. They, they hate what they, what, we, what they call the funeral dirges we sing or the, the way Lent makes them feel on the inside. There are many people who see the church as a place that's supposed to give followers a positive, uplifting experience. They see the pastor as this great motivator, motivated speaker who gets up and preaches a sermon on how you can do it if only you set your mind to it. The last time I checked, you all called me pastor. And a pastor is not a motivational speaker for good reasons. Pastors have to do things that sometimes make us very unpopular and downright difficult to say. I always think about having to commit someone to the ground. A pastor is someone who comes alongside you and walks with you. Sometimes a pastor cannot make you feel better. Sometimes the only thing a pastor can do is simply be with you and be the presence of God for you. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. Actually, it happens all the time. There are a lot of people who come to this place to bury a loved one. The church cannot always be a place that makes us feel warm and fuzzy on the inside because life is not always going to present us with warm and fuzzy things. The church is supposed to mirror life. And this is why we need the season of Lent. For today we stop our busy lives. We come into this place that typically brings us great joy and we trace firm palm branches on our foreheads. We remember our mortality and the mortality of our neighbors. 
we not only hear the words, remember that you are dust, and the dust you shall return, but we see it. We see death. We see death in the foreheads of our neighbors. And there is no way to escape it. Today should make us feel lousy on the inside, but it should push us to want to make a change. Last May, I was at the beach with some friends, Pastor Jason Felici, for months have been trying to get me to think about eating healthier, and of course I was ignoring him, but he never gave up. He was a good friend. He is a good friend. Unintentionally, he took a picture of me holding a tray of steamed crabs, and and I saw just how unhealthy I had become. And I realized at the moment that if I continued living this way, that I might not see my son graduate high school. That photograph scared me to make a change. And I stand before you today 27 pounds lighter. And I tell you this story because today has the power to make you desire a similar change. Whenever you see it, when you see it whether you see it on the foreheads, your neighbors on the reflection of your forehead on the glass or in a mirror. I hope these ashes propel you to want to make a change. I want today to scare you. I want you to realize that your time on earth is not eternal. I want you to think about your mortality and the legacy you're going to leave behind. Are you happy with where you're at in life, spiritually, professionally, family? Notice what the psalmist says. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new, spirit, new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Sustain in me a willing spirit. God wants you to look in the mirror and see someone that is worth changing. God wants you to, to see that you are not perfect, that you're not the best that you can be, that you need redemption, that you, that you need Jesus' saving work on the cross. As much as we might not enjoy this season of Lent, we need this season. If you go through life thinking everything is great, how great your life is, feeling like you're God's great gift to humanity, you will miss the real gift given to humanity, Jesus Christ. So I want you to heed our Lord's, war, our Lord's words this night from Matthew 6. I want to encourage you to live differently this Lent by giving alms, by praying, fasting, and to not store up treasures where moth and rust consume and thieves break in and steal. I want you to heed the words of our Lord that tell us the dangers of acting like hypocrites. But first understand that hypocrites are not people who pray aloud or who go to church. Hypocrites are people who go to church for political or social benefits. Jesus is not saying we should hide away in our rooms to pray, but that we should be careful and understand why we are doing these things in public first place. You know, if you're here to make yourself look good to others, then that's what a hypocrite does. But if you're here to deepen your faith and trust in God, then by all means, carry on. But even if you get past this hurdle, Lent is still going to be hard, so I might, I suggest, we, we turn to our children for some sound advice. You know, Jesus talks about your right hand not knowing what your left hand is doing. Or vice versa. What group of people do not know what their, their left hand and their right hand is? Our children. Depending on Thomas's mood, he might be really excited about coming to get ashes on his forehead tonight. Or he might not want any part of it. Yeah, but as his loving father, 
I will still bring him forward. He's not sure why he needs these ashes, but he trusts me. He trusts me enough to know that this is the best thing for him. The same is true. Thomas doesn't always want to pray before bed, but we still do it. I want you to come forward on shore, but with the same kind of trust that Thomas has for me and his mother. God will not fail you or hurt you, just like I won't hurt Thomas. And you already made the first step. You're here. You are here in this place. The Holy Spirit has led you to this place for a reason. You've come here for a reason. So see this time, this moment, this season of Lent as a second chance. And may the Holy Spirit be with you. As the Holy Spirit is with us now. May the journey treat you well. And may your heart be forever renewed, refreshed, refreshed, and cleanse this Lent.